The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Welcome to One on One with Mitch LaFonna. Joining me on this episode from, yes, it is drummer Alan White. We talk about the 2017 cruise to the edge, his health, working with John Lennon, and a lot more. Before checking out Alan, please check me out on Twitter at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N. On Instagram, Mitch underscore Lafon. One-on-one, Mitch Lafon on Facebook and paypal.me forward slash Mitch Lafon, should you care to support the podcast. And with that, here is the one, the only, drummer for the band, yes, Alan White. We're speaking with yes drummer Alan White. He's about to embark on a tour of Japan with the band and also... The uh, Cruise, which is a uh, Cruise to the Edge, which is coming up for February. Uh, a great pleasure to speak with you, Alan. Um, let's just get into this back thing. You, you missed out on the summer tour. Are you fully recuperated at this point uh, for the Japan tour? I wouldn't say I was fully recuperated right now, but I'm actually feeling very good. Um, I get a, uh, occasional kind of twinges and stuff like that, but I'm actually... Feeling pretty good to go. Okay. When the when the injury came up, especially being a drummer, were you at all concerned that uh oh this might be the end that you know I might not be able to come back from this one? Not really, because um, actually it, it, I, I I finished the rest of the tour when it happened in in Europe, and um, they were pumping all kinds of steroids in, I mean, stuff like that. So I go on stage and play. Um, but at the same time, we made it to the end. And um, the funny thing is, it's, it's just... And that's where the phone died, but we keep going. Here's Alan once again. So, yeah, so you were, you were saying that you're out in Europe and they were pumping you with steroids and you managed well, to... Well, you know, I had to make the show and stuff like that. It, 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 it really happened only about 10 days before the end of the tour. But at the same time, um, we got through it. And um, I've been recuperating for quite a while now. And, um, and I'm okay now. I'm fine. Uh, now, the cruise uh, coming up. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that experience of being on a cruise. Is that something you like? And how are the shows different in terms of how you approach them as a musician? They're not really much different. They have everything the same as, as a normal show. Um, only you're on a boat, and um, we've done—I think we've done three or four of these now. And um, if you hit rough weather, which we seem to quite occasionally when when we go on stage, um, basically, you know, I remember taking about at the end of the show, and all of us shifted sideways about two feet. So um, there is the, you know, buoyancy kind of aspect. Right, right, right. Um, does the band, is the band also going to be doing the drama album and uh, the current one, or are you changing it up and sort of doing a greatest hits? How, how do you approach the set list for that? Um, we're actually doing part of everything. You know, we're doing um, the graphic, and then also we're... Um, we're doing some of drama songs and, and um, some greatest hits kind of thing. It's like a mixture. That, that should definitely be exciting. Now, I'm trying to rush through here because we've only got 20 minutes, and just there's just such a rich history. 
Uh, today is November 7th, November 7th, 1983. The 90125 album came out. Uh, one of your mm-hmm. most successful albums. Uh, talk to me about that album in a, in a sense, because you, you had been over uh, doing some other stuff, XYZ, cinema. This album really shouldn't have happened. The band had sort of given up. And yet you came back and apparently stronger than ever before. How, how was it for you going into those sessions? It, well, it was really great because it really, the whole thing came from Chris and myself just being very good colleagues in music. And we knew what we had together um, uh, worked. So we just had to find somebody, you know, and we ran into Trevor Raven. And um, the whole thing clicked immediately and everything sprung from that. And we rehearsed for like six months in London. And, and then... Um, and then we were recording with Trevor Horn, and the whole thing just came to light. Looking back on it now, how important was it to the career? Oh, it, it, well, I, it's a phenomenal album. I mean, there's some absolutely fantastic songs, which was a kind of collaboration between the three of us, plus, uh, and then Tony Kay got invited back into the fold. So um, it was a very enjoyable experience. There's so many things I want to get into here. Uh, well, I've got, I've had a, I've had a long career, as you can tell. Yeah, and that's the thing. And and they said to me, "Well, you got twenty minutes with Alan." I'm like, twenty minutes? That that that's only going to cover you know the plastic Ono days." Um, you know, so so let's talk about that. Uh, the answer is yes to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it though? Um, but but let me look at that album. Um, Imagine that you did with uh, John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band. Um, right. How did you get to be um, in that entourage? How, how did you meet John, and and what's it like working with him? You know, um, was it easy? Was it difficult? Was he a genius? Was he a uh, you know a, a mad scientist? Oh, he's to- yeah, you know what? He was a total genius. I mean, a guy that can come up with songs like that and and. Uh, Imagine is one is still today one of the most you know you take those lyrics into context and it it, it really um, goes on with current culture and what's happening you know even the election in America the city is getting bombarded with it <laughs> and so how was it for you did you have sort of a freedom to come in and lay down the drums as you wished. Or was it very dictated and very regimented? As no, it was no, it was very much a band thing. John, the you know, I, we had a schedule for sessions. It was all done within a week, the backing tracks, and um, he gave the lyrics to every song he wrote because he wanted everybody to know what they were saying. And then we sat down, and things magic things happened. So let's have a look at the song itself. You, you've played on some of the greatest iconic songs, Owner of a Lonely Heart and all that other stuff. Um, does Imagine stand out as being sort of the one that, that, that's above and beyond, or was it sort of just another song for you? <laughs> that's a difficult question, because it's like, you know, My Sweet Lord also, you got to pull that into the group, My Sweet Lord and... Um, there's, a, there's so many things I played on, you know, when I played with Joe Crocker and all these icons in life. It, 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 it's quite an experience to kind of 
be involved with all that kind of stuff. And you, you know, every one was a, a kind of, um, how do you say, it was just an iconic experience, just being there, being part of it. But some of this stuff, I was so young at the time, I didn't realize what I was doing. You know, I, I was saying, oh, okay, I recorded another track. And then I'm going, oh my God, this sounds amazing, you know. Later day, I just got on with my job basically, which is kind of hard to uh, explain. Right. Uh, I didn't. I didn't let it go to my head, as it were, at that time. And and, and you of course mentioned George Harrison. You played on a couple of albums uh, for him. How did you get connected with all the Beatles and all that? And and how did that? affect your stock in the business do people look at you and go oh well he's the drummer who played with the beatles guys and and did it lead to other opportunities um first of all how do, how do you get into contact um, it, it, it was a, a classic you know um what i thought in my mind at that time i was 20 years old uh when i played on imagine i thought well i guess this is what happens to people when they um when they make it in the music business <laughs> or something like that, or as to step up to the next thing, you know? And luckily for me, I joined Yes, and, you know, musically, that was really interesting for me. All right, so let, let me keep moving along here because it's just way, way too much. Um, Ramshackled, the solo album that you put out in uh, 1976, I guess. Um, yep. Uh, talk to me about the idea behind that album, and that period where sort of everybody was re releasing their own solo albums, was there ever, um, uh, you know, um, a thought of becoming a solo artist or was it just, here's this one expression, let me do it, let me get it out of my system, and then back to business? Yeah, it, it basically was let, let it get out of my system. It, I'd spent maybe three or four years uh, building up to that time before I joined Yes and John Lennon and all that kind of stuff with this band. And I thought this music was too good to just let it go. So we got back in the studio and within three months, we put this album together that I was proud of because it had lots of jazz in and stuff, you know, and that music really was the, the, the um, teaching process for moving into a band like this, that a lot of complex kind of things going on. Is that something that you would like to revisit at some point and make another solo album, or is it too? Nah, nah. you know what? That was just a period in time, and uh, I got it out of my system like everyone else did, and we were proud of the product. Uh, but you know what? A couple of the guys I haven't heard from for so many years. Uh, I know the keyboard player; he was in a car accident, and he's not around anymore. So. Um, they were great guys, and we had a lot of great time, but uh, I don't revisit that area. I've been thinking of revisiting a more ethnic kind of style of playing and pretty kind of worldly and stuff like that. So I'm um, in that area, right? Uh, let me get on over here. Sorry, sorry as I'm running through this like a marathon. It's just there's so many topics I want to cover here. Um, Cineman, X, uh, Cineman, Cinema, XYZ, and of course, yes, with Chris Squire. 
Um, talk to me about Chris a little bit. What was it about him and you that just connected and made you do project after project together? And um, uh, what was so um, unique and special because, about him? Well, you know what? We had a great mental understanding of each other. And, um, uh, you know, he was one of the greatest bass players in the world, if not if, for me. He was so articulate and creative with what he did, uh, songwriting and bass and everything. And, you know, uh, in passing away, I miss him dearly because we had a connection for 43 years. Yeah, you really did. And um, I don't I don't want to talk too much about his passing, but, uh, you know, other than to offer my condolences, did, did it feel like part of you uh, was gone when he passed away? Um, you know, kind of music, musically, and and and, and as a friend, you know, and uh, someone I knew for an awful long time. We did some great things together. So obviously, I'm going to miss him. But you know, um, you have to get on with life. And one of his uh, last statements he told me before he passed away was, "I want you." That's right, folks. Just at that crucial moment, technology failed us. So let's continue. Here's Alan White. If we can, just to finish that, the, the story you were telling about Chris, one of the last things he had said to you was, was what? Well, we, we had a phone call, and uh, I think he actually knew at that time that he wasn't going to come out of um, the thing with leukemia. And he, he just said, you know, Alan, just keep doing what you do and, and keep, yes, moving on like we started it. And, um, you know, that's the last time I spoke to him, basically. Uh, again, my condolences for, for, for his passing. I, I, you know, some fans sometimes criticize uh, when a band goes on. Was it difficult for you to, to continue on, or was it the proper thing to do to sort of honor um, the band, honor his legacy? And, and just keep moving forward? No, absolutely. That was the proper thing to do. And, um, you know, um, since then we've done quite a few tours and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, we're just keeping the movement of Yes Music going. Is there a, a new Yes album uh, in the offing? Uh, you know what? Everybody's got music in their minds because everybody involved with the, the camp, you know, is... Um, basically, we do stuff at home, and everybody got stuff in their minds. And um, yeah, we, we we've all got. You've got to get that stuff out of your brain and get it recorded, and then work on new stuff. So everybody's very enterprising in that area. Is, is it important, like a band for Yes? Uh, at this point, to come up with new music, because you know, listen, let, let, let's be honest. You put your name on the marquee. You're going to get the fans that you're going to get. Um, is it is it important to, to to actually create something new? Of course it is. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, I've always been a band that looks over the horizon, not at it. You know, and that's the difference. So you know, we've got stuff that we've all got in our heads that we want to get out to the public. Yeah, that, that that's something very much worth uh, looking forward to, and then. Uh, since we're running out of time here, quickly, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, ignored bands like yourselves, progressive bands, and even the heavy metal bands for forever. Um, 
important to be nominated and eventually get in or just, nah, it didn't really change my life before, so. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, well, you know, I think everybody deserves it who was involved from the, the beginning and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people are quite uh, starting to feel a little bit boring, but at the same time, it would be an honor, you know? So it, you, you have kind of a split decision in your head on how you do with all that kind of stuff, you know? It's one of those sort of mixed blessings, I guess, I guess right? Well, yeah, absolutely. It, I agree. I mean, we've got plenty of awards. I mean, um, I've got a Grammy for um, cinema, which is like an instrumental thing we recorded. So that's how 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 crazy it is. John Anderson, Trevor Rabin, Rick Wakeman are, are currently on tour doing their own thing. If the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame pans out, can you guys play together again? It, it, or is there such an animosity? Or is there is there any animosity? Um, is it possible? Well, well, there's a certain amount, but you know, I actually talk to everybody, so so it's a matter of, of, of other people sorting their opinions out, you know. So I can't I can't say anything there. I just know that I know both camps really well. Maybe on your own personal uh, wish list is that let's just let's just do this and 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 play and be happy and life's too short or is it too political? Well, of course. Okay. Um, no, I, I don't get into politics or band stuff. I mean, it gets too crazy after a while. It's worse than the marriage. <laughs> it really is. And, and a lot of times it's, it's over things that a manager or a publicist or, and it's just like, ah, oh, come on, let's, let's, let's just get back down to, to doing what we do. Uh, and then we'll finish with this X, Y, Z, of course, with Jimmy Page, um, how was that project for you? And and do you wish that it had gone further than it did? Uh, you know what? Uh, some of that music that we created at that time, uh, Chris and myself were writing quite a lot of it. And some of it ended up on uh, other albums. Like, um, oh my God. I mean, there's some things like just ended up on albums in other places. But if we'd continue doing that i could see how we would have got it to a point where it was pretty acceptable <laughs> um it was a period of time where we were just like taking a stepping stone in the future i mean a lot of this came after the band disbanded in 81 were you was it just you didn't have an outlet and so you had this stuff accumulating or was it more of a scramble saying, oh, man, what are we going to do now? We don't have... No, yeah, I got a call from Chris saying, look, you know, Jimmy called me and said, should we get together? And, and we just went and had fun for like a month in his studio. You know, um, we, but we had a bunch of stuff that Chris and myself had been writing. So we put it to the test, you know. And but um, the album Keys to Ascension actually has... Two songs from that period of time. And let's not forget Run With The Fox, the uh, Christmas song um, that mm -hmm. came out. Um, you know, Alan... That's a, that's a great song, by the way. I, I love that song. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, it would be nice, actually, to see uh, you and the band maybe do another song, uh, you know, a Christmas song like that, uh, just to sort of relive 
that moment because <laughs> it's an interesting. Yeah, re- relive the whole atmosphere. Yeah, Run with the Fox was a classic uh, Christmas song. That you know, uh, one of these years we should really try and re- re-release it. Yeah, and you know, as you head over to uh, to Japan, maybe just. Throw it in there. Why not? You know, give, give the fans a treat, something that they've probably never seen live. Um, and then I had a, 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 I had a geek question for you way down at the bottom here. Um, on nine, a geek question. A okay. geek question. Geek. Yeah. On, geek on squad. Geek squad time. On uh, 90125, in the credits, you are uh, credited for using the Fairlight CMI, which is also the computer musical instrument. How was that for you to get into the technology, and how important was it for Yes to to push those boundaries and start getting into sort of a non-acoustic sound and a, and a more, uh, you know, how, how was that for you? Well, the band's always been uh, immersed in the electronics and what was the next thing coming out. I mean, you know, when... Rick Wagner came along with a mini movie. It was like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. So it's part of the the movement forward in Yes Music. Um, whatever was around, we um, I remember at one time building my own first computer for the drums where it took a signal and turned it into electronic noises. And, and I, I spent a fortune on it. But at the same time, it was like a steam-driven um, instrument. Of, well, electronics. It was a whole rack with knobs and all this kind of stuff, but it didn't make a noise. So I remember doing that very early in yes, Korea in the 70s. And um, nowadays, it's you can pick it up in no time. And is that something, by the way, that you still favor, is experimenting with different sounds? Or do you look back sometimes and think, man, we went too far away from, you know, standard drums and standard electric guitar? No, we never did that. Okay. It was always encompassed in in using electronics but within the realm of music. Uh, Alan, a, a great pleasure. And uh, I do apologize for all the phone issues we've had this afternoon. But uh, I do wish you... Well, a... it might be my fault or yours. I don't know. But you, you're on Skype, and I'm, I'm on my regular phone here. So, uh, But the signal is not great where I am. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's a combination of both, actually. Um, and who knows? Uh, you know, technology as it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, a great career, great... Uh, I do wish you the best of health. I've, I've had back issues myself, and, and man, it's, it's, well, it's a bummer. Well, <laughs> I don't like painkillers at all, but I had a couple of Tylenol, and that seems to relieve the issue pretty well, but it doesn't affect your system. Thank you, and uh, let's do this again soon with better phones. (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe we'll set it up next time. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right, bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. And there you have it, folks, my interview with Alan White. It took three separate phone calls to get it done. Oh, thank you, technology, but there you go. Uh, Cruise to the Edge uh, with the band Yes coming up in 2017. Alan's health, obviously, better. And uh, there you go. So please check me out on Twitter at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N. Same thing on Instagram, except there's an underscore between the Mitch and the Lafon. One-on-one, Mitch Lafon on Facebook and paypal.me forward slash Mitch Lafon. 
That is just a lot of Michelafon for you, isn't there? Uh, but there you go. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. And uh, au revoir. Oh, my. And now, an outtake from the first call. We are speaking with Yes drummer Alan White. Uh, pleasure to speak with you, Alan. Uh, you too. So there's there's a lot to it uh, to cover. Uh, let's let's start off with the obvious. The band was on tour all summer doing Tales from Topographic Oceans and Drama. You weren't able to be part of it because of your back. How are you feeling uh, at this time? I'm doing a, a lot better. Um, in fact, I'm going to Japan with the band next week. Right. And, and, and talk to me about that, the Japan tour. Are you at all nervous that you might make a false movement or you might do something and it'll re-injure or re-aggravate the back? Or at this point, are we confident that we're fully healthy? Hello? Hello?